Testament, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we, are, we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We have, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. Here ends tonight's reading. I know that you're very excited that Taylor Swift made an appearance in church. Uh, at least some of you are. Some of you are like, oh, I can't get that song out of my head. Hey, uh, so here's why we're, why we're talking about Taylor Swift at the beginning of this series called Let There Be Light. Someone say, Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light is our series that we're doing over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas during the season of Advent. Someone say, Advent. Advent. Say it like you mean it. Advent. Look at your neighbor and say, you can say Advent, you're not too cool. Advent! Okay. So God in the beginning, there was nothing. It was just darkness and he said, let there be light. And with the word, he spoke and the darkness lit up and things changed. And during the series, we're going to figure out how God is speaking light. Creating and recreating us in our lives and it all leads up to Jesus arriving at Christmas let there be light and the reason why we're starting with Taylor and anti-hero is because Taylor is doing something in this song that I hate to do maybe you're like me I hate I hate it when I have to because I'm forced to or because there's no other way around it that I have to say Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Do you know that feeling where like, like you, you realize that you're caught 
and you kind of just have to fess up. You're not feeling, let me put some Bible league churchy words on what this music video is. It's a confession. She's confessing her sins. Right? Like she, she's saying like, hey, at tea time, everyone agrees. God probably agrees too. Everyone agrees that I'm the problem. I, I'm, I'm like contributing problems to this situation. That's me. And none of us like that. In fact, a lot of us, when we start talking about like our sin and like you're a sinner, like turn to your neighbor and say, you're a sinner. Okay. Like when, when you do that, you're like, well, I want to be nice. Following Jesus is about love. It is about love. But a lot of times we think that love means putting a part of ourselves in the dark and hiding it. Because that's more comfortable. I would much rather, I don't know about you, but I think most all of us, we'd much rather instead of talking about how high it's me, I'm the problem. It's me. I have some sin that I need to confess. I have some problems in my life. Instead, I'd rather just keep it in the dark. And isn't it interesting that we get so uncomfortable when we talk about our sin. I think it's because religious people have used, used it, you sinner, to actually, like, not in a joking way like we just did a second ago, but in a very shameful way. You're a sinner unless you become like me. You're going to go to hell, so vote this party. Right? Show me that Bible verse. Oh, you can't because it doesn't exist. God says, let there be light. Let the truth come in. Jesus says that the truth will set you free. And it's so interesting that we're so uncomfortable talking about sin. In fact, we should be a little more comfortable with it because we know everyone's a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're like, but Nick, you're a pastor. So your sins are like, and my sins are like, whoa. Maybe, maybe not. Because God doesn't compare sins like we do. In fact, we know everyone is a sinner. But we try to keep ours in the dark, don't we? All of us. This is just a very normal thing. We, we know. Like every single person sitting around you, you know that they have, hi, it's me, I'm the problem. It's me. But we'd rather just not talk about it. Or maybe we can talk about them to other people so that we don't have to feel bad about our problems that we're contributing. Which, by the way, that is a problem. That is a sin. But we'd like to keep that in the dark, too. I wonder what would happen if we stepped into the light. Instead of being like Taylor, you know what most of us do? Taylor, she's like putting it out there for the world, okay? Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Instead of fessing up and saying, hey, I have some sin in my life that I need to deal with, we do one of four things. And you, you can even write this down on, on your notes. If you didn't get notes, there's some in the back. If you're like, I want to take notes, that helps me uh, learn and follow along. Yeah, there's some in the back. You can go grab them. That's fine. Uh, and so there's four things. There's four of them. This is what we tend to do. We tend to pretend that we don't have any sin. That's the first thing. We tend to pretend that we don't have any sin. Let's put that up there. So you, you saw in the music video all the ghosts uh, from her past that were haunting her. And it, for so long she had pretended that she just didn't have these ghosts, but they were there. Do you know, it's so much more comfortable to be like, you know, I did that, or I said that, or I should have done that, and I didn't do that, but... What happened, well, it's just much more comfortable to not think about it, to not do anything about it. In fact, if I don't think about it or do anything about it, no one else is saying anything about it, so I probably won't have any consequences. I won't have to deal with this. 
And so we pretend. We pretend that we have no sin. Did you know what the Bible says? The Bible says if we pretend that we have no sin, it's like calling God a liar. Like he doesn't know the truth. If we pretend that we have no sin, the only person you're fooling is you. Because every other human being around you can see that, hi, it's you too. It's you that's the problem. It's me that's the problem. We are the problem. We all sin. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we pretend that we've had no sin so that we don't have to deal with shame and deal with all the, all the stuff. And we could just move up right along. And you know what else we like to do? This is a wonderful strategy. I like doing this a lot. Was like, we like to make excuses for our sin. We say, okay, uh, so if, if you knew my story, if you knew uh, the way that my parents are, or if you knew the way that my ex treated me, or if you knew like the rest of the story, you would be like, oh, honey, that's just fine. No, don't worry what the Bible says about that because what you've been through or what it was like for you, like, of course, you deserve a little you know, more fun in your life based on how things have been going. And we make these excuses. We excuse ourselves for sin. But here's the question that I have for, for us is, as we excuse ourselves, what are we excusing ourselves from? Well, the sin. No, what we're, what we're doing is we're saying that the thing that we're doing shouldn't be punished. But are you the person that punishes you? Are you the authority on sin? Are you the one that gets to decide whether you are excused or not excused? I mean, if you're going to have an excused absence at school, do you get to decide that? Or does someone else decide it for you? Someone else has to sign a thing, right? Or I don't know how they do it anymore. That's how they used to do it. However they do it, or, and let's get honest, you guys have figured out some way to get around it, right? There's some way to get around it where it's like, I have an excused absence that shouldn't be excused. That's a sin, people, okay? So stop making excuses. Everyone's doing it. This is just what the high school experience is. You know what else we do? We call our sin good. We call our sin good. Have you noticed how the world says, you know what you should do? You should drink underage. You should, that, that would be great. If that's where the party's at. That's where life is at. Of course, it's kind of fun and risky and don't get caught. And if you get caught, then, well, you're sloppy. Come on. You know, the world, the world, says, you know, the world says that, hey, the way that God talks about sexuality, that's old. That's antiquated. You're not going to be happy if you, if you do what the Bible says when it comes to sexuality. I mean, come on. This is good. But is what you're doing really good for you? See, we call our sin good because sometimes we think that, oh, well, this is just fine. This is what everyone does. This is just who I am. This is just the way that it is. But the truth is that as we call it good, we have a God that says, I have better why settle for good when I have great for you? Why settle for good when it's actually not going to be good for you in the future? And so we call our sin good, and, and, and again, we end up wondering, well, why, why is this not working out so well? Here's the last thing. You can go ahead and write it down. is that we try to fix our sins ourselves. 
And if you're taking notes, I want you to circle the one that you do the most. This is the one I do the most. If I've made a mistake, if I've made a mistake on purpose, you ever do that where you're like, oh boy, I did that on purpose. I don't even know why I did that. Why did I do that? Like, have you, have you ever had that moment like, why did you say that? Nick, what were you thinking? Like, you start saying these things to yourself, and, and you're, like, ready to punish yourself. You're ready to deprive yourself. You're ready to, to like, go and just, like, like, crucify yourself almost. Because you need to fix your sin so that you can save face. Maybe if you clean things up a little bit before you go to God, or maybe if you clean things up a little bit before you go and tell the truth and apologize, maybe if you clean things up a little bit, it won't be as bad. The punishment won't be as bad. The, the shame won't be as bad. The embarrassment won't be as bad. The consequences won't be as bad. But here's the thing is that as we're fixing our sin, as we're, you know, as we're making excuses, as, as we do all these things, as we pretend that we don't even have sin, as we call it good, all of these things, all of these things only hurt you and me. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. See, we don't want to do these things because, well, nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to talk about the help that we actually need. But you know what the problem is? That if you hide your problems, if you hide your sin, it won't, well, what you hide can't be healed. If you were sick and needed to go to the doctor to get meds, and the meds would cure you, the meds would help you. And your mom's like, I'm taking you to the doctor. And you're like, I'm not going, mom. I'm staying here until I get better. Then I'll go to the doctor. Does that make any sense? This is what we do with God all the time. We're like, okay, here's what I'll do, God. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix my sin up. I'm going to, I, I know that you know what I've been doing late at night with my friends. I know that you know what's been going on on my phone and online. I know that you know what I said. And I know that you know all those things, but I'm kind of pretending like you don't. And as I do that, I'm going to just like try to fix it a little bit. And then I'll come to church and be like, Lord, I love you. Let me say this with all the love of my heart. You look like a fool when you do that. You look like a fool. And the only person you're fooling is you. God isn't fooled. Your friends aren't fooled. Your families aren't fooled. And here it gets worse. We start to become fake when we do that. We become one person in this environment and another person in this environment and another person when we're alone. And all of a sudden we wonder why do we feel so disconnected and alone. It looks like we're having so much fun. And, and let's just be honest for a minute. There's some sins that can be really fun, right? Right? There's sins that can be really fun. And we're supposedly having all this fun, but why is it that I feel so empty? And, and at the end of the day, and this is, this is the big one, we try to fix ourselves, we try to cover up our sins, but whether or not we're fixing it or pretending it doesn't exist, that doesn't change the fact that your sins, that my sins, cause damage to your relationships with God 
with other people. And there are consequences that are associated with that. Consequences for your choices. Consequences for other people's choices that you have to deal with because they've sinned against you. Our sins, they separate us from God. They separate us from others. And it takes life from us, friends. So how do you deal with your sins? And God says, let there be light. God says it's time to bring these things into the light. In fact, this is what it says in in 1 John. This was uh, in our Bible reading for tonight. It says, God is light. Everyone say light. Light. Say it like you mean it. God is light. Light. There is no darkness in him at all. In the original language, it's like saying not even one little bit of darkness. Not even one tiny little iota of darkness. He's just light. And so here's the thing, Christian. If you're not a Christian, this part's not talking to you. If you are a Christian, this is talking to you, okay? Christian, if you're lying, if you say that you have fellowship with God, you're lying if you just keep living in spiritual darkness. What's spiritual darkness? Does that mean like you sin all the time? No. Because every Christian sins all the time. Spiritual darkness is where you sin all the time and you pretend like God doesn't know and you don't address it. You don't actually do the business that you need to do with God to have a relationship with God that's healthy. And so we live in this spiritual darkness. If you're not a follower of Jesus, spiritual darkness means that you don't know this light yet. There's a light that Jesus gives to his followers and this light, it lights up our soul, it lights up our life and and when we experience it, We're like, oh, that's what I'm made for. But we can fall into spiritual darkness when we start to live like, well, everybody else. Like we don't have that light. Like that light has not impacted us. But God is light. And so Christian, you're lying. If you say that you have fellowship with God, if you're connected with God, but you just go on living in spiritual darkness, it's time to step into the light. It's time to step into the light. The the verse that goes on, if you skip down to to verse 9, it says, But if we confess, someone say, confess. Confess our sins to him. Do you know what it means to confess your sins to God? So I grew up Catholic. Anybody else grew up Catholic? Anybody? Anybody? A couple people? So you've probably seen in a movie or something like that, like confession, you know, where like someone goes into a booth and there's a priest and they say, how long since your last confession? And then you like say, however long it's been. And then you say, forgive me, Father, I've sinned. And you say, I sinned by doing this. And then they tell you to go do something to to make up for it. Which, of course, that, that part's not in the Bible. That's just a tradition. Not a bad one, but tradition. But the confession that this is talking about right here it just means to get honest with God it means to bring the thing that you've kind of just been like hey God we just don't talk about that we don't talk about Bruno okay like we we, we don't talk about whatever that thing whatever Bruno is in your life to actually bring that thing that's in the darkness out into the light if we confess our sins to him he listen to this He is faithful. He is just to forgive us. You know what that means? It means that if you bring your sins into the light of God, he is not going to not forgive you. 
He will never not forgive you. You have his word that he will forgive every sin. In fact, look at what it says next. I love this next part. It says to, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness, how much wickedness? All. So for some of you, you've counted yourself out already. You've been listening to this. You're like, yeah, but, you know, you don't know my sins. My sins are, like, different. Do you think God's not powerful enough to cleanse your sins? Or maybe it's just that you don't think that he would want you. Or maybe, like Jesus says, let's just be honest, some of us love sin more than we love God. But is it any wonder that our soul is empty? See, we're afraid that if we bring our sin to God, we're afraid that what will happen is that we'll get punished. But God doesn't want to give you punishment. He wants to give you forgiveness. We're afraid that if we bring our sin to God, then we'll have to change, and change is hard. But God doesn't want you just to change for change's sake. He wants you to change so that you can have the life that you were made for. God doesn't, doesn't need you to, to come to him with your sin so that he can feel better. He wants you to come to him with your sin so that you can be free. He is faithful. He is just to forgive and here's the thing, a lot of you, you've been sitting here, you've been listening to this, and you're like, even right now in this moment, I don't want to think about that choice that I made. You're still avoiding it right here, right now. And God is saying, instead of just carrying it in your darkness, what if you experienced my grace instead? Because the truth is, and this is what I want you to remember, I want you to write this down, I want you to never forget it, is that we experience God's grace we experience God's grace, not when we earn it, not when we do religious tasks, not when we're good. We experience his grace when we step into the light. Turn to your neighbor and tell, tell him, it's time to step into the light. It's time to step into the light. It's time to be who you really are. It's time to, to shine God's light of love and truth. On your life. Because it's time for you to be free. How do you do that? Four things, very, very quickly. Four things. Here's the first one. Go ahead and just, you can write them all down, but I'm going to talk through them really quick. Here's the first one. You need to come to Jesus just the way you are. If you want to experience God's grace, come to him exactly as you are right now. Don't wait until you're like, okay, uh, you know what I should do? I really got to go clean up my life first, and then it will be more acceptable for me to come before God. No, Jesus came down to us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus came down to us. Jesus invites us in. And so whether you're the person that shows up to church because you know that you need God, or you show up to church so you can flirt with that girl in the back row, come to Jesus just as you are. Because the truth is, he loves you the way you are, not the way you should be. The truth is, he has some, something so much better for you. Here's number two. I, I, I just really want to encourage you on this one. Is that, like, th this might sound simple or not important, but this, this is a huge deal. To agree with God about your sin. Because the punishment, the consequences of your sin are not determined by you. You could not believe in God 
And that doesn't matter. You will still be accountable to him for the choices that you make or don't make in life. We're responsible to God for what we think about, what we say, what we do, what we don't. And so for you to agree with him and say, okay, God, for so, so much of my life, I have just, I, I've looked at it this way. But I'm hearing you say that it's this way. And so I, I'm just saying, I agree with you. Let me just be honest with you. I agree that this is not good. I agree that this isn't leading me where I want to go. There's this part of me that's just like inside that's just like, but I kind of like that or I kind of miss that or I don't want to let go of that. But I'm just, I'm just deciding to agree with you, God, because I trust that you love me more than they do or that thing does or that substance does. Here's the big one. None of it works if you don't do this. None of it. Do you trust that the cross is for you? Or is it just some nice thing Jesus did? Do you trust that when nails pierced his flesh and blood flowed out, That when they tortured him and flogged his body, that the Son of God was dying on a cross for what happened this past weekend? Do you, do you actually believe that? And for some of you, what, what happens is you like, maybe you, you, you're like, yeah, confession. God, here's what's go going on. Please forgive me. I agree with you. Also, now I'm going to go punish myself. Did you know that all of the punishment for every sin was carried out on the cross? Jesus took all of it. He paid the price. That means you don't have to pay the price anymore. That means you don't have to be guilty anymore. That means you don't have to feel ashamed anymore. You can trust that the cross is for you. And every time you hear that silly Taylor Swift song saying, hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me, you can be like, that's right, and the cross is for you, Taylor. And it's for me. Because when we confess, when we come to Jesus just as we are, when we agree with God about our sin, when we trust that the cross is for you, you know what we get to do is we get to go be who we really are. You are no longer a person of darkness, you are a person of God's amazing light. No matter where you are from, no matter what you have done, God is calling you to step into the light. He's calling you to wake up. He's calling you to live the life that you were meant to live. He's calling you to be who you really are. And you, there's so many people that think that if I could just be who I really am, if only God would let me. If only God would let me be who I really am. No, God is calling you to be who you really are. We just get confused on who we really are. So we go to our creator. And then we go and be who we really are. There's a, in the music video, there's this scene where 
Taylor says, I have this dream about how, you know, my, my daughter-in-law, you know, kills me for the money and all this stuff. And they have the funeral. It's actually, it's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny scene. Uh, and so she's like peeking out of the coffin. Okay. Uh, and, and I saw this verse uh, that fits right into this theme. Let there be light. Bring the light. Bring the light in. Bring the truth in. It says, awake, O sleeper. Some of you, you you've been sleeping for far too long. Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. The truth will set you free. Let there be light. Let there be freedom. Let there be forgiveness. Confession is not a a boring like, oh no, I need to be afraid. Confession is an opportunity for a fresh start to be who you really are. And I don't know about you, maybe you haven't hit that rock bottom spot yet where you're like, I need to do something else. I need to turn around. The Bible word for that is repent my sin. But why do you got to hit rock bottom before you do what's wise? Why do you got to hit rock bottom before you do what will give you life? Awake, O sleeper. Let there be light. The light of Christ to shine on you. We're going to move into a time of communion. So I invite our communion servers to, to get into place. Here's the thing, we all sin, but we all are loved too. And so as we come to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ, as the band comes out and they're going to play this this song about letting the light of God in, the truth of who God is and his love into our life, into the dark places of our life, I want you to know something, that when you come to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ, you are not just doing a religious ritual. You are coming to him just as you are. And you can bring every single sin, past, present, and future. Every addiction, every mistake, every mistake that's been made against you, every mistake that you've made on purpose, you can bring all of that to him, and it goes on the cross. And you walk out without it. Some of you on your notes, there's a little spot at the bottom. It says, God, I've got to be honest. Before you come up, I want you to, you can either fill that in or I want you to fill it in in your mind. If you're like, I don't want anybody seeing, I get that. But come up with the God, I've got to be honest. Because it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed. that He took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples to eat. Saying, take this, this is my body. It's broken for you. For the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. It's poured out in my blood for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in the remembrance of me. Let us say our table grace, the Lord's prayer. The words will be on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, The ushers will dismiss you row by row. You can come up and you'll receive a piece of bread into your hands. And then you'll dip that. Don't eat it right away. You'll dip that into the dark colored juice. If you need allergy free, they also have that available.
as well. If you're wondering if this meal is for me, if you want his forgiveness, all you got to do is step into the light.